the talk of planet Earth. This is TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. You know, when I was sharing with our engineer at CRN a few minutes ago that we were having uh, a guest on the show today that was going to talk about the Muslim extremists, his response was, Good, I like to know about the people who want to kill us. And my response back to him was, Geez, I sure wish more people shared that view. You know, there's a lot of uh, Muslim folks out there that are just basic good people. And it is not them that we are having this show about tonight. We're having the show about the Muslim extremists who uh, don't want, just want us dead. They want anybody dead who doesn't follow in their uh, rules and laws and religion. So we, um, Keith read uh, cover to cover a book called Fear God in the Shadow of the Muslim World. And uh, the author, Mr. Pat, he lived over with the... Um, Arab people for a while working for American-based companies, and people kept asking him about uh, the Muslims because it's becoming such a hot topic, and he didn't have answers. So what he did is he went out and studied many, 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 many hours and many, many books and many texts to understand what's really going on. And from all that deep, well-researched, uh, Reading, He wrote the book, Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim World. So we're going to spend the next couple hours, uh, you know, he, he didn't dive into that with an attitude against the Islam and Muslim people. He dove in to find out what the truth is. And he's very much interested in the truth. So he's going to share with us uh, what he learned. Would you welcome to the show, Mr. Pat? How you doing, Pat? I'm doing very good, Shmani. How are you today? Good. It's actually Charmé. Charmé. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, uh, what a great job you did on this book. I mean, my goodness. How many hours of studying did you do to pull this together? I don't know. I worked on it for a couple of years. The uh, Actually, the book's called Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim Sword. It, it, and, and I started it about August of two years ago, just, just working on it and researching it. Uh, finish it up sometime in May of this year. So do you think uh, if people read the Koran, they would understand that we have a uh, strong political religion that is uh, very, very menacing to our well-being throughout the rest of the world? Well, one of the problems with that is that this this, this is a a cop-out answer to that question. I would have to say that it depends on what version of the Koran you read. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that I was very careful about doing when I researched this book is I moved back away from the current modern Islamic uh, authors, and I, and I went back pre-1950, 
to, to, a, to a translation that was done in 1937 by a, a Muslim scholar okay. and religious person that did not have an agenda. You know, people that pick up these current translations of the Quran yes. are, are reading what they want you to hear. You know, the, one of the one of the points in, in the in the Arabic language, and one of the big points that a lot of your Islamic authors will tell you is that the Arabic Arabic language, uh, when you translate it, you know, it's very difficult to do because in speaking Arabic, there, the inflection of the voice has a great deal to do with with what what you're saying. Yeah. And one of, and and that that creates a major problem in translation and a major problem when people are trying to study this religion. One of the prime verses is fourth is sort of four thirty four, you know, verse four thirty four, which is about about beating your wife or making love to your wife mm-hmm. or spanking your wife. You know, you can read it any way you want to read it, and and that's the that's the one verse that's used a lot of times for these honor killings because the fathers, you know, they punish their daughters for mm. yeah getting out of line, but the point being is that if you're going to study this religion, you need to move back pre-1950, when it was still hidden behind the Islamic, you know, the, 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 the borders of communism, and before before this was something that was really out in the open. Was that in the Ottoman Empire back then? Well, not really. The, the Ottoman Empire, did, you know, was pretty much gone by by the turn of the century. The, uh, the, Turk, the, 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 Entire 20th century was a realignment of the, of the civilizations in the Middle East. And yes. people, a lot of people think that, the, that you know that the Jews are the intruders. You know that the Christians caused the Crusade problem. Well, that's not true. You know, Islam started in the seventh century. You know, the, 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 the stuff in the Middle East goes back you know five six thousand years. The yeah. people of the book were there first. Sure, the Christians so, and the Jews were there way before the Muslims were. Well, the Muslims didn't exist until the seventh century. Right. I mean, I mean, this. So, so all of this hoopla about about the, the Jews and the Christians and the uh, you know kicking the Muslims out of their their places of worship and their places of living. You know, that's a lot of hogwash. It didn't happen that way. It's just propaganda. Well, we have too much. What we have in this country, in the United States, and, and I love this country. You know, you couldn't get me anywhere else. Yeah. And and with all its failings, but we have this. King Arthur and Knights of the Round Table attitude, you know. Uh, as children, we're raised with these fables and these uh, these comic book heroes, right? And we're led to believe that that at some point in time, King Arthur and, and Sir Lancelot decided they were going to they were going to head over to the Middle East and they're going to reclaim the the Holy Lands and they were and they were going to look for the Holy Grail. So, you know, and and, and, it's, and, and, and it makes people think that that they invaded the Muslim lands. Well, what they did really was they went back to try to reclaim the lands because the the Christians in the Byzantine Empire were being slaughtered by the Muslims who were the usurpers, and they asked for help. And that was the 10th century. That was 400 years after the Muslims started taking over. So the, you know, the Muslims started the fight. The Christians just finished it. So we're talking today with uh, Mr. Pat, who's the author of Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim Sword. Uh, and you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. So uh, after World War One, in the League of Nations, did the mainly the British, um, but did the League of Nations uh, give a lot of land to the Arabs? And uh, were they supposed to have a, a place like uh, Palestine designated for? Yeah, you need to back up. You know, during you know the the. the uh 
the Muslim, the uh, Turkish Empire had, you know, and the and the colonialization of the of, of that part of the world went on for centuries. You know, the British and the French moved in in the 17th century, but the Turks were there back, going back as far as the 10th century. So a long time, the Byzantines were kicked out. Yeah. And and but what people don't realize is that the Muslim, the Islam, had moved all the way to Spain. It was on the borders of France. It it it, it, it covered all of the, everything from. You know, from the from the African border, from the Pacific of the Africa, all the way up into the Middle East and Spain. And so, so and basically, invaded. Is that right? Yes. They, it, you know, it, it it was predatory expansion. That that's what it's called. It's it, you know, by the by the by the fifth century, every corner of this planet was was occupied by people. The and the only way to expand is on a predatory basis. And Islam started in the Arabian Peninsula. Actually, around Mecca and Medina, and expanded outward towards the Byzantine Empire on the Mediterranean at first, up through Persia, and then on into uh, the Middle East and, and the, the, the Near Far East, and then as far as, as the borders of Spain. And, and it, it, it almost owned, you know, it took over all of Europe. It came very close. Very close. So, is that what you would call what Russia is doing to Georgia right now? <laughs> what? Well, well, you know, I'm not sure exactly what's going on over there. That just happened today. You know, uh, nobody likes to have their countries taken away from them. Russia split up not too long ago. I'm not an expert on on uh, European uh, history. Uh, it's you know, other than, other than the stuff that I followed in the Crusades and in the uh, yeah. in this expansion. But predatory expansion has been going on for for centuries. It started, you know, the first colonizers colonization in the Middle East took place 750 years before Christ, when the uh, when the uh, Greeks started moving into that part of the world, so yeah. it's it, you know national Arab nationalism really didn't get a good foothold until after World War One. I. I mean that was all owned by the Turkish Empire. The, yes. the Brits and the, the French had it, and after World War One, we you know the United Na- the, the League of Nations sat down and they said, okay, you know we split this thing up, and they you know all of these countries Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Dubai, uh, Iraq. All of them were kind of formulated, and at the time, they were looking for a place for for for, for the Jews to go, yep. the Jewish homeland, which was actually uh, Zionism started in the 17th century, not you know not that not, you know, quite a ways back, and you know the, the Jewish homeland, and at the time that when all of Palestine, which included all of Jordan, was was included in this mandate by the League of Nations to give this to 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 these to the Jews as a homeland. So what but, what what caused the, that to be reneged right down to small little Israel these days? Well, it would be, the, the wars weren't over with. I mean, the, the World War One was followed almost immediately by the by the by Hitler's expansion and and the. Uh, the, of course, that once they gave it to the Arabs, you know, the Palestinians weren't part of this thing. There, there were some, there were, there were people in Palestine besides the Jews, and of course, somebody, somebody had to give, had to give their, give up their land. Palestinians didn't want to do that. Well, and 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 the Arabs sided with them after they got their land after after Saudi Arabia was established, and after, and of course, 1925 when 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 Iraq started started settling and these other countries started settling. Hitler was expanding. By 1933, the first death camps were opened. Dachau was opened, and Hitler, the Jews sided. I mean, the uh, Arabs sided with Hitler. 
the biggest problem were the Christians in that during that time during time because the, the Church of Rome was was trying to protect the Christians in the Middle East. To protect the Christians, they had to give up the Jews. That was the only way that the so they sided with the with the Arabs against the Jews. I see. So by the time they got done, they they cut Palestine down in half, and then they cut it in half again. Wow. Um, is it of your opinion that um, Muhammad like plagiarized the Bible to write <laughs> part of the Quran? I say uh, my I, I yes I I, it's, you know, I I use the term hijacked. <laughs> you, you got, you, 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 we have to understand something about Muhammad. You know, Muhammad lived at a different time. You know, it, you know, a lot of people condemn him. A lot of you know, as a pedophile. You know, he had, a, you know, he met a six-year-old girl, decided he wanted her, married her when she was nine. Uh, you know, he had you know, a minimum of eleven wives. Not too sure it could could have been fourteen plus another half a dozen concubines. You know, he he, he slaughtered the, the the Jews in Medina as an example. To others, he lived in a different world. He lived in a society that uh, that needed some direction. Well, he was, you know, he was he was raised with the Jews uh, in Medina, and he met the, the, the Byzantine Christians in his, in his travels, and as as his he, he worked in his, his wife's business, and so he became, he became known for you know he he learned what these religions are about. The, at the time, the Arabs had no religion. They were pagans. Mm -hmm. There was no afterlife. So, you know, Muhammad's revelations and, and, and his, you know, it, in order to bring these people together, in order to give them some direction, he had to give them some lineage that, that, that took them to an afterlife. So he, used, he, he went back as far as Abraham. He cloaked Abraham with, 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 with a uh, cloak of, of Islam. And condemned the Jews and the Christians in the, in, in the process. So he just reversed everything. Yes. I, oh, yeah. You know. In, in fact, can we, you know, can we pick this up after break? Right sure. where, where right where we left off. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Mr. Pat, author of Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim Sword. And we will be right back with more. Stay with us. And welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Mr. Pat, author of Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim Sword. So, Mr. Pat, you know, I've heard numerous places that uh, Muhammad actually did plagiarize the Bible. And, and um, then we're talking that he reversed it to say that the Christians and Jewish are the outcast and the, uh, his followers would be the chosen people. And you were saying something about well, that? Well, the, the, <clears throat> one of the difficult things and one of the reasons I wrote this book, I try, what I try to do with this is make it a little, you know, give a little more simple understanding of this. Yes. The most people, when you discuss the, the three monotheistic religions, which is the Judaism, uh, Christianity, and the Islam, all make the, the determination, or most make the determination that, that the God is in all three religions. God the Father is the same God. Yes. You know, if you were to sit down and talk to a, to, a, to a, even a Muslim, right. You know, is Allah, God the Father, and Jehovah all the same God? And most people will tell you, yes, that's, you know, it's just a matter of 
you know, we got to learn how to get along with those people. Well, that's the furthest thing from the truth. That's not true. Yes. Allah is not the same God as God's Father. I totally believe you. You know, he's not, you know, Allah did not have a son. You know, that's, you know, anybody, the believing that Christ, the divinity, the divinity of Christ is blasphemy in the Islamic religion. Yeah. Believing that Christ is any, is not a prophet is blasphemy. They, you know, they, see, to, 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 to the Muslims, there is no such thing as a Christian. See, the, the, the only Christian, true Christian, is the person that accepts Christ as a prophet, but, but denies him as a deity. Yes. So, so they, they condemn the, the Christians past the point of being a Christian. You know, they, they'll accept the Christian so long as the Christian accepts Christ in the in, in, in the veil of their religion. Muhammad used the, used the Bible to 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 direct his people. You know, one of the things that, that we have a problem with, and and and, and I find that very interesting is the lack of understanding by the leaders in our country today. One of our presidential candidates gets up here a month ago and says that that we that that they should give Jerusalem entirely to the Jews, figure you know not realizing that that's the third holiest place in Islam, because that's where Muhammad went uh, to go to heaven and to meet with God, and, and they built that that's that's where they built the temple over the, where they destroyed the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which was built where Christ was crucified, and they built the big temple. It's the third holiest place in, in, in Islam, yes. and, and it was and it was taken by Muhammad specifically for that purpose to tie the the Christianity and Islam together. You know, he had his people bowing, and you know now they bow to Mecca five times a day, but but before that, he had them bowing to Jerusalem twice a day. So, what is this? He, he, numerous places he seems to change the Quran. In a different way, does he just fly by the seat of his pants? Well, that's one of the, you know, if you read the Koran, it's totally uh, nonsensical from the standpoint that it's chronologically challenged. It, it doesn't follow any semblance of order. Right. You know, it, you know you're, you're, you're reading about uh, Moses, and then you're reading about, you know, you're reading about Lot and his wife, and you're reading about Abraham, and everything changes. The longest stories are, 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 are told first, but... They're repeated throughout the Quran. You know, a lot of the uh, Islamic scholars and the writers today, will, you know, say that you know his revelations came in bits and pieces, and 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 were relayed over a period of 22 years. My personal opinion is that, that, that you know that they, they were opportunistic at the time. You know, and when he needed to find a, a answer to something, he came up with a revelation. That's, you know, that's, and, that's what it and, seems uh, like. You know, what better way to justify a, 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 a demand or a command than, than to make it divine? So he revelationed his way through controversy. Absolutely. If, if, when something would happen in one of his battles where, where, where it would go badly, he would, he would have a revelation telling the people that if they had done something different, if they hadn't sacked the, the, the camps and had followed through with what they were doing, this wouldn't have happened. When it, when it comes, you know, the... Uh, Everything that, that that he did when you when you read through this thing, you know, he it was a chronological uh, evaluation. But one of the things that we don't, you know, most people don't don't realize is that nobody really knows who Muhammad was or what was written down because the the first biography of Muhammad wasn't written until 160 years after he died. <laughs> there was nothing 
written down in writing about this man until 150 years later. That's the a Quran, long, long time. Yeah, the Quran itself. You know, he started revealing the Quran in his 42nd year. He, start, you know, he he started hearing it in his 40th year. He died in his 62nd year. Nothing was written down during during his lifetime. It, his it we're, describes we're gonna, and we'll have friends. to pick this up after break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Mr. Pat, author of Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim Sword, and we will be right back after this break. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charme Amber. Uh, don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today is Mr. Pat. He's written a book, Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim Sword. You know, there's um, countries with substantial oil supply, like Congo, Sudan, Nigeria, and many others that didn't have near the army or force that Iraq had. Uh, so why would we go to Iraq and, <laughs> instead of pick one of these easy uh, people off? Well, you know, people in this country, a lot of people in this country believe that Iraq's about oil. You know, I'm, I'm going to predicate this with a comment. You know, and and I got, I got to tell you something. You know, every time anybody tells me that America is in a foreign land because of, of something we're personally uh, after, you know, for our own good. Yeah. You know, the only thing that this country has ever brought back from any any foreign war is the body bags of our soldiers. Yep. You know, and, and the only thing we've ever asked is for a place to bury our dead. This yep. is not about oil. If it was about oil, Saudi Arabia would have been the place to go. Every, everybody in this country believes that 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 uh, Osama bin Laden is Saudi Arabian. You know, most of the people on those on those airplanes that, that crashed into uh, the towers were yep. Saudi. Yeah. If you if you do a real good study of what's happening in this country today in the mosques of this country and, and the the, the uh, Islamic fundamentalists that are that, that are on our on our land here and yep. they're they're screaming to, uh, in this country are funded by the Saudis the mosques are receiving fax copies of what they're to be told by Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia's got 86 billion barrels of oil beneath the ground you know it's a lot more than more than Iraq has. Eighty-six billion. Wow. You know the the it, it, our our position over there fuels the fight. But you're right. You know the one of the questions I often ask about this. You bring up Sudan and you bring up Chad and Cameroon and and uh, it's an area I call the circle of indifference that, that that follows through that entire country that that's under the shadow of the Muslim sword right now yeah. and that has been at war for fifty years. Yeah. You know the the Janjaweed that are that are the, the are the are the, uh, the Arab Janjaweed that are funded by the Sudanese government are slaughtering the Christians and the villagers in Africa in an ethnic cleansing basis that nobody in this country wants to recognize. Just amazing, isn't it? Just yeah, absolutely we, amazing. Yeah, and, we, and when when you ask people, you know, people people in this country when you when they think about World War II, some of them, you know, that 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 they're too, they're too young to realize. What, what really went on, but but they, they equate World War II with six million Jews that, that perished. You know, sixty-two million people died in World War II. And my question would be to, to anybody that questions me about Iraq: is if we don't belong in the Middle East, protecting some of these people. You know, even Zam Kusini, one of you know one of the people I write about in this book, who yeah. I don't have, you know, is one of the leaders of the Muslim community in this country. Yeah. 
you know, substantiate that three million people were killed in Iraq over a period over Saddam Hussein's reign. Thirty years, huh? So yeah, and, and if, if people look back, we've lost, you know, and we've and I don't make light of this. We've lost four thousand of our soldiers in, in Iraq, and, and and many many thousands of them have been wounded and, and and came back crippled. Yeah. My question would be, what in the hell were we doing on the shores of Normandy the day we lost ten thousand people when we invaded? Uh, France, right? The, because the Germans weren't flying the Japanese planes. We had no business there, based on the same theory. Why were we? Why, you know, why did we go go to Europe? If if, if we don't belong, if, if we if, if there isn't some justification for a humanitarian position to take in some of these countries, what in the world were right. we doing in, in in Europe? And by that thinking, that everything from from Britain all the way. North Africa would be in would would be in Nazi hands today. You're so, right. So you know people need to you know people should think about that a little bit. You know we, we you know I, I the, the problem that we have in the Middle East is that that our people our leaders don't understand the Islamic religion. They don't understand the conflict that's going on between the Sunnis and the Shiites. This is the, not. They're, a they're always they're always fighting. Anywhere they go, they seem to be always fighting. Well, this is this, and this is one of the positions that I take in Fear God in the Shadow of the Muslim Sword. You know, and it's not just my position. If you can read this, you can read the other authors, the Muslim authors, the the, the leaders of this uh, of this thing. And this is an internal conflict about who's going to lead this religion down the road. Mm-hmm. That's right. This this is one of the problems that we have is is that if you if you check the the, the statistics. Prior to night, the World War One, there were 10 million people in Iran. Iran is a is a is a is a, is a Shiite country, yep. it's not, and it's not Arab; it's Persian. Today, there's 70 million people in Iran, and the Shiites and the Sunnis have been fighting since since 30 years after Muhammad died. And, and it's you know it's the, the the Sunnis threw Muhammad's family in the street, took over the took, took over the religion, and the Shiites objected. And this has been an ongoing battle that's been going on for 1,400 years. The, it's, and it's not going to end, you know, in, until, those, until those two sects, you know, can, can come together. But the problem that we have, Keith, is that when, when you pick up a Koran yep. or when, it, when, when an Islamic scholar or a, or, or a Muslim picks up a Koran, they don't believe that they're picking up a book. They, they believe they're picking up the Word of God. That God wrote that book. It's not. In fact, a lot of people won't won't refer to it as the book. They'll refer to it as Koran by its by its name. Yes. Because because it's divine and and because it's divine, it can't be changed. And that's the Sunni position. The Sunni position says that you know nothing in the Koran can be changed. The word of God cannot be changed. Yeah. Sharia law cannot be changed. So they want us to live under Sharia law. The Shiites are as as, as Crazy is this by saying that our enemies are probably our better friends in this in this work. You know, Iran being Shiite has probably got a better chance of coming out of this than the Sunnis do because their beliefs are that that you can't interpret some of this some of this stuff. Yes. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Our guest today is Mr. Pat, author of Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim Sword. 
You know, we have a lot of politicians and press and a lot of feely, touchy people that try to follow politically correct, <laughs> and uh, they don't want to inflame the Islamic world by exposing the truth, and then, you know, then the problem just gets stronger and stronger. It reminds me of what uh, Bill Clinton did with the World Trade Center bombing, the first one. <clears throat> Well, you we know, only had a few people die in that. There were, there were a thousand people wounded, but only, you know, I forget what it was, 29 or 30 people died. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal to the world because, you know, it, it, it and it was blown off. We, Bill Clinton and the, and the United States didn't do anything. We had a lot of things happen prior to 9-11. We had the coal. We had, uh, the, the, the embassy in Jordan. We had the, uh, you know, the Kenya embassy. Kenya, we had all kinds yeah. of stuff going on in the Middle East in that part of the world against our interests. And we didn't do anything but lob a few bombs into a couple of remote areas of Afghanistan and Sudan. Right. You know, we, we never we, we never before made Islam pay the bill. Yeah. One of the things that, 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 that I find very interesting is that people don't really sit back and analyze why nothing's happened on this country, in this country since 9-11. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't, you know, well, it's not a miracle. Something it's amazing. Sense. Yeah. You know what? What Osama bin Laden has softened his tone. Nobody, none of the Islamic world believed that we would retaliate against this. Uh, against That's right. The way we did. Yeah. You know, we never had before. What What gave them the idea? You know, Islam believes one of the things, and 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 Muhammad taught, and 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 and, and one of the things that I believe is is a very big part of this religion. You know, Muhammad taught them that 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 God will will help them in their fight. And and that anything that happens and, and one one of the authors of of uh, demystifying Islam, a a, a a Sunni author in this country that is very well respected in the Muslim world, will tell you himself, you know, that nothing happens that God doesn't want to happen. So the so so Islam believes that that God actually was at the, was at the hands of the of the of the, of the airplane. Right. They did not. They expected that to demoralize this country. And and to and 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 do what what happened later on. They 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 expected to divide the country, but it galvanized. But instead, it galvanized the country together. And for the first yeah. time, in in centuries, the first since since the colonial people moved into the Middle East, since you know since they fought them in Spain, did anybody stand up to the Islamic religion? Yes, they couldn't the, believe. The problem it. was that, that afterwards. You know, and, and, and we we fell into their hands. Our country absolutely right. did exactly what the Islamic people hoped would happen, what the Muslim leaders wanted to happen. They called a truce with us, and they says, "Okay, we'll leave you alone over here until we get strong enough to come fight you again." But we're going to divide you, and divide us. They did. You know, one of I, they they divided us by by killing their own people and by killing our people. You know, we, America doesn't do very well with with with, with Die, yeah, and 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 we use it for political fodder, and our people get up in the streets, and we condemn our soldiers, and we condemn our president, we condemn our administration, and we give aid and comfort to our enemies who kill our soldiers on behalf of us, and that's crazy. Yeah, you and know, so, you, you know, um, um, I I think you know after the World Trade Center, the first one, and we didn't do much. I I think it emboldened. Uh, Osama bin Laden. Well, absolutely. 
you know, and, and, and had we not gone looking for him, you know, it happened again. But, but I wouldn't let that get too complacent with, with us. I wouldn't get too, you know, I wouldn't sit back too far and say, you know, this isn't going to happen. It's going to happen, Keith. You know, it's not, it, it, yeah. you know, one of the things that we need to start, start thinking about is it, it, it doesn't take a million people to cause this kind of damage. It only, you know, it doesn't take a thousand. It doesn't take a hundred. It takes ten. Yeah, truly. And, and one of the things that, you know, listen, you, a lot of people, you know, they look at me and they say I'm spreading this, this fear-mongering amongst the country. Well, that's not the intent of this. What, you know, my intent is to tell you folks that, look, you know, I don't know how many Muslims there are in the United States. You know, the, the Muslims themselves claim six to eight million. So, you know, let's, let's, let's just take a few, you know, t- we know that, that there's a, a faction of this, of this group that will do anything, strap a bomb on their children's chest and walk yeah. them into a crowd or, 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 you know, there's the, uh, carry your daughter or your, your baby in your arms and walk into a hospital and set the bomb off and kill everybody, including you and yeah. them. So, so we know we have that faction we're dealing with. We don't know how big that faction is, but right. let's assume Let's assume there are six million Muslims in this country, and only ten percent of them are a problem. That's six hundred thousand. Right. That's a lot. And let's let's figure that there's only ten percent of them that would really do anything. That's sixty thousand. And let's pretend that there's only ten percent of that ten percent of that ten percent that has that that, that that has the means and 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 the wherewithal to put it together. That's six thousand people in this country wandering around that would think nothing of setting a bomb off in the middle of the Super Bowl. Yep. And, oh. and we're and, and we're you know we're sitting here arguing in the streets and arguing with each other about how we're going to find them. You know that's crazy. You have to understand them to find them. Yeah. Yes. And there's no doubt that they're going to strike again. And it's just a it's a ticking time bomb. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up. One show at a time. Our guest today is Mr. Pat, and he has written the book Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim Sword. Um, uh, it's an amazing. I think we have a good karma and a good will in our country, and I think our president and the uh, Homeland Security have done a extraordinary, amazing job. And one of the biggest. Uh, Military tactics, one of the wisest ones I know of, is they took the war over there and they actually went to war instead of uh, were trying to pacify things. Well, you know, I agree with you. You know, it, I, I equate it to having a, a farm in Kansas with a whole lot of rats and a barn out in the middle of the field. I'd rather have the, all the rats in one barn. You know, the, the only problem I have with, with, you know, militarily what's going on in that part of the world is that the United States is paying the bill for the rest of the world. That's yes. right. We you know, are. we're sitting we're sitting here with with uh, you know with 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 a with a financial crisis going on in this country. Yet we're spending fifty. Forget the war. Forget Iraq. Forget Afghanistan. We're spending fifty billion dollars a year to maintain the Seventh Fleet in the Persian Gulf to protect Saudi Arabia. And one of the things, every, when, when we, when you, when people start talking about what's going on with the oil in this country, everybody believes that all of our oil is coming from the Middle East. Well, that's not true. Ten percent of our oil comes from the Middle East. Oh all. wow! You know, we, we're we're burning up twenty million barrels of oil a day, two million barrels of oil a day, to, to two billion to twenty-five hundred barrels a billion, twenty-five billion are coming from the Middle East. The rest of it's coming from South America, Canada, Mexico, and our own resources. So we're only only ten percent of our Supplies come from that part of the world. 
yet we're the ones protecting it so it can get, you know, and, and we fought the last four wars. You know, we, you know we're in Bosnia, we're in, we're in all these Muslim areas and in, in, in the Caucasus and everything else protecting all this oil stuff. For who? We're protecting it for for uh, Europe and for uh, China and for India and for all the rest of the countries that are dependent on it just like we are, and we're the only ones paying the bill. You know, wow. Saudi Arabia can afford to pay the bill. Sure they can. You know, and, and Iraq can afford are, are, are now pumping two and a half million barrels of oil a day. Well, there's $100 a barrel. That's a lot of money. You know, they can afford to be paying the bill. So the, so the American public is getting shortchanged a little bit on that side of the, side of the fence. And, and, but that's because, again, politically correct atmospheres say that, you know, since somebody else won't do it, some, we need to do it. You know, I, you know, I, you, 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 there's, there's ways, you know, if the American government told Saudi Arabia we're going to pull out, if you don't pay the bill, they'd pay the bill. Yeah, yeah they probably well, would. Well, part of the reason we're over there is for Saudi Arabia. Well, that's our biggest reason, yet Saudi Arabia is our biggest enemy. It's amazing. Yeah, Saudi Arabia are the ones that the, the, are, are, the, are, the, are the exports, are, are the, they're, they're the Wahhabist religion, the, the most radical side of Islam that exists today. Osama bin Laden. That's the, that the offshoots of Osama bin Laden. They're the people that are funding half the terrorism in the world. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are funding the $25,000 per person for the, for the, for the uh, suicide bombers that are, that are plaguing the Middle East today. You know, when the, family, when, the, when the kid goes out and blows himself up, so somebody from Saudi Arabia walks in and hands the family $25,000. Okay, we've got to take a break. Wow. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Mr. Pat, author of Fear God and the Shadow of the Muslim Sword. I think it was some months ago there was a, um, a Holland man who uh, made a, a film on Islam, what's going on with Islam. And it was controversial and I believe he was murdered. Well, this it actually this took place a couple of years ago. The book it started over a over a woman by the name of Allie Hurst who wrote the, the book the, the Infidel. Allie Hurst is a was a Muslim a Somali Muslim woman yep. who was brutalized by Islam and then later later fled her 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 roots to go and end up in Holland to try to hide from a, a marriage. And this the uh, I, the guy's name they. they they produced a short film called Submission, which was was a about Islam, about women in Islam, about yes. the, and had had a lot to do with the circumcision, that the, one of the one of the most brutal aspects of that of what goes on to the women. Yeah, and then he was he was murdered for 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 that. She's still in hiding, by the way. The, I, uh, I don't so, doubt it. You know, yeah, it, it happens. So now today, Random House uh, breaks a contract with a woman who. Wrote a book on um, uh, 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 Muhammad's uh, six or eight year old wife. Oh, <laughs> she is. Go ahead. Yeah, and and they reneged on the contract for fear of tremendous violent repercussions. Well, if they, if they reneged on that contract, they're good. they're not going to like me very much, you know. Because I deal with Shia and and Muhammad in, in very very in, in detail in this book. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that people do, do not want to come to terms with in this in this country and one our politically correct society. And I got to tell you, uh, Keith, the, the reason my book was published by Author House 
is because for that same reason is that most of the uh, you know this, this is a self-published book because most uh, publishing houses wouldn't wouldn't touch it. You know, in t- t- today, and, and what, what, try to understand that the, that Islam is based on the footsteps of the Prophet and the Quran. In other words, anything that Muhammad did is can be is is, is something you can do today. It's called hadith. Mm-hmm. It's what it's what Muhammad said or did, and and if he did it, it's allowed. Well, when when Muhammad was was going through town, he spotted this little six year old girl playing in a sandbox. Liked her, thought she was cute. You know, for the next couple of years, he'd stop and play with her. You know, there's there's all kinds of hadith specifying the fact that, that he had a, a friendly relationship with this child so yeah. she was about eight. Yeah. He, he married her when she was nine, consummated the marriage when she was nine years old. And one of it, one of the things that that that, that was taught in one of his books, and I de- to detail that in mine, the Islamic religion believes even today. The, that it's better that a child, a, a girl child, after she is capable of having a child, after mm-hmm. her first menstrual cycle, should yep. be married off. It's better than raised, being raised in a secular, permissive society. The legal age for marriage today, not 1,400 years ago, to 2008, the legal age for marriage in the Islamic religion is the day after a child experiences her first menstrual cycle. Man, those now, are you, just kids. Now you put that that eight eight there's a, you know eight nine year old. Yeah. Now you put that together with another law of Islam. That law being that all a man has to do to divorce his wife is to stand out on the street, clap his hands together, and say, "I divorce you," and they're divorced. Can a woman do that? It's kind of a oh, free. No, absolutely not. Kind of a free. The only for way all. she can divorce her husband if he's got leprosy. You know, you, you, no, there, I, Boy. There's, there's a dozen different ways, for, but no, she can't divorce him. He can divorce her, and and what that you know, we're, what, we're, what that, Pat, we're out of time. We're going to pick this up the next hour. We want to thank you for being here. Fear God in the shadow of the Muslim sword by Mr. Pat. Thank you, Mr. Pat. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>